there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one marvelous page of Talmud every day. And today's pages, Sitaf 44 and 45, contain one passage pertaining to one commandment that I always found to be one of Judaism's most perplexing, difficult, strange, it seems like something, honestly, straight out of a Game of Thrones. I really, really don't get it. Let me, let me read to you. The elders of that city would then wash their hands in water in the place of the breaking of the neck of the heifer, and they would recite, Our hands did not spill this blood, nor did our eyes see. The Mishnah explains, But did it enter our minds that the elders of the court are spillers of blood? That they must make such a declaration? Rather, they mean to declare that the victim did not come to us, and then we let him take his leave without food, and we did not see him, and then leave him alone to depart without accompaniment. They therefore attest that they took care of all his needs and are not responsible for his death, even indirectly. This is, of course, the ceremony of the Igla Arufa, or the beheaded heifer, which is a form of basically, well, why am I struggling to explain it when I have right here in front of me, in the flesh. We usually do this on the phone, but he is sitting not four feet away in all his radiance. My dear friend and teacher, Rabbi David Vashevkin, how are you, my friend? Leo, what an absolute joy. And to be here in person, it feels like we are in one of the holiest Beit Medrashim, one of the holiest study halls that I could ever imagine. Tablet, that is Tablet, Tablet Studios is, is, uh, is indeed, indeed a place of pilgrimages. But... I am so glad you're here because I read about the Eglarufa and I feel like I need A, a refresher about what this ceremony is and B, kind of a meditation about why in this year, 2023, this kind of really intense ritual resonates. And it does resonate quite a bit. The ritual of the Egla Arufa is very fascinating. It is a case where you find a victim of a murder where the body is found in between two cities and each city is trying to figure out whose uh, fault exactly is this, who is responsible for taking care of the body. And as a part of it, as a part of the ritual, the elders from the respective cities come out and they they make it very clear that we are not the ones who shed this blood, which is like a strange thing to say if somebody gets murdered in a city, you don't expect the mayor to come out and be like, it, it wasn't me. Right. Why exactly? Were, were they suspects? Do they not have alibis? But what the, the mission and the Talmud is really telling us is that they did not provide adequate care and comfort to this person and was now the victim of a murder. But there's actually something even more profound and more outstanding, and that is the comments that can be found in the Jerusalem Talmud and the commentaries on the page over here also point this out. When the elders of the city come out and they really say, you know, we're not the ones who spilled this blood, we didn't give adequate care, normally we read this and assume that they are talking about the victim, and they absolutely are. Uh, the added layer that the Jerusalem Talmud mentions in this is that they're not just talking about the victim of the murder, they're also talking about the murderer. They're also trying to explain and understand that there was a societal responsibility that we have failed on two levels. We have failed on one level that somebody within the vicinities of our town and the outskirts of our town was found uh, murdered. But number two, 
and this part is is really moving and something that I think we are grappling right now in this very moment in 2023, wherever you live, unfortunately, is that something went wrong on a societal level, the fact that somebody was so aggrieved and so broken and, and fell apart that from our very community, a murderer arose and that something broke down at a societal level and that we have a responsibility and we need to self-reflect and really think about the adequate level of care and being able to nurture and provide people with their needs, not just in terms of the victim, but also in terms of the oppressor, that we need to be the type of society that produces individuals who are whole enough that, of course, God forbid, there should never be any crime. But even more than that, we should have the type of society that has the responsibility that we also think, what could we have provided to the oppressor, to the to the person who was aggrieved and took it out in a heinous way? But that means we did something wrong. And building that society uh, that is able to have that sensitivity and sense of responsibility, not just to injured parties, but also reflecting on those who injure, is part of the power and resonance of Egla Arufa. Amen. Selah. Rabbi David Bashokin, thank you so much for being our guest. My absolute pleasure. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, please go and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts and get your Take One t-shirts and mugs at tabletstudios.com. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf Yomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Rusquet, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnik, Josh Cross, Robert Scaramucci, Courtney Hazlett, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one. Subscribe to our newsletter at tabletm.ag slash take one newsletter or email us at take one at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at take one Dafyomi or join our Facebook group by searching for take one podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic. Thank you.